Hey, what is up, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by the incredible sponsors of the program, ChemicalFreeBody.com. If health and wellness is a priority for you, then check out the incredible products over at ChemicalFreeBody. Plant-based nutritional supplements from Super Greens, my favorite, with all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, and micronutrients in just one single scoop. Toss it in your glass of water, your shake, your smoothie, however you want to do it. They also have other incredible products, gut detoxers, anti-inflammatories, immune boosters, and so much more. ChemicalFreeBody.com and check out that promo code, it's me, all one word, it's me for discounts at your checkout. And look, we have so many different insurance policies in our life. And if the last couple years has taught you anything, it taught me that storable food needs to be on that list. Prepare with itsme.com, the incredible products over at My Patriot Supply. They have four-week supply of food, three-month supply, all products with up to a 25-year shelf life. Have the peace of mind, ladies and gentlemen, of having storable food and have that supply on deck. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And uh, if you have, you know, shaving needs like nice chrome domes like me, SkullShaver.com is a whole new concept in face and head shaving. The products offered over there include men's head shavers, face shavers, hair clippers, and trimmers. And ladies, we haven't forgot about you with the butterfly kiss. And we also have a large selection of accessories to make your life that much more simple. All of the shavers come with uh, removable, washable blades made of premium Japanese stainless steel to ensure flawless results. It just makes it so much easier. You can get your shaving done anytime, anywhere, in or out of the shower. It gets no better. Skullshaver.com, front slash discount, front slash it's me. All of the links to these incredible products will be in the description of this episode. So without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. And we are off to the races once again, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode for the archives. It's me speaking to you, Jeffrey Wilson, coming to you live and direct. Very stoked to be talking to our guest today. He is no stranger to the show. He has an event coming up, and the whole organization has the final event of the year, Cage Aggression number 34. Domination is kicking off Friday, October 14th, and Saturday, October 15th. And if you can't make it to the Quad Cities, of course, there is that pay-per-view option, cagedaggression.tv. He is so gracious with his time because it is crunch time, ladies and gentlemen, as the fights are barely a little over a week away. The El Jefe of Caged Aggression joining us today, Mr. Mike Goodwin. What's up, brother? Hey, hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So I was asking uh, before we got started here, how are things going? And you're saying a little bit too smooth. What do you mean by that, bro? Well, I guess after after doing it this long, uh, you start to learn patterns and, and, you know, timelines and everything. And the week before the show uh, is what I call Hell Week. This is where everything on my end has to come together. Um, this is where essentially you find out if if things aren't good on the uh, on the fight card side. Um, I've learned that uh, the fighters do respect me and they don't want to back out on fight week. So if they were going to back out, it would be this week. <laughs> so, uh, this is what I call hell week, but then traditionally next week is hell week for them where they finish up their weight cuts and all that non fun stuff. So, uh, it's just been going really smooth, man. Uh, you know, 52 fighters and, um, you know, with the exception of a, a passport visa issue we had with an international girl, man, I haven't had a, I haven't had a hiccup and, you know, even doing a one-night fight card, statistically, uh, you're going to get a small percentage that, you know, injuries or something. I mean, all the way up to the UFC level, the, the fight card is never what they originally put together. And here we are, uh, you know, 10 days out, and, and uh, 
man, I don't, I don't have a hiccup so far. Well, and we saw that uh, with that last UFC card with Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, you know, all that Hazmat oh. you know, Kazmaev, like all of that craziness, all within like you know forty eight hours before the fight's supposed to happen. So I definitely feel you there, man. So I mean, that that is always so impressive, man. Obviously, even a one night event is crazy, and you're such a, a madman. You not only have you done two nights, you've done three nights. What we're going to talk about here towards the end here, but the log- the logistics of putting together. Uh, a two-night fight car, like you said, 52 fighters. Talk to us a little bit about how that is and how, I mean, again, putting those puzzle pieces together. It's got to be daunting. Well, you know, I'll, I will never – I feel like I'm beating a dead horse because I say this every show, but I don't think it will ever change. You know, every every time I sit down to do a fight card, I have this kind of internal fear like, will anybody want to be a part of it? And, you know, to me – Two things. I always said that if we ever got to a point where I was scrambling to find fighters or I was just trying to get enough guys or girls to fill up a card, then I don't want to do it anymore because at that point it's just a hobby. Um, But on the other side of the spectrum, I never thought that we'd put out an event announcement and we'd have hundreds of fighters interested in being on it. So it's a double-edged sword because I need to really put together two nights of really well-matched fights. Uh, I need a I need a big big list of interests. I need a couple hundred fighters, and and that's what allows me to really move the puzzle around and put really good matchups together. And uh, you know, at the same time, I don't like having so many fighters I can't get on the card. Um, but that's still my favorite part, man. Once the you know the teams and the names start coming in, I, I start to get real excited, and then I can kind of sit back and and carefully put the fight cards together. Not only stylistic matchups but commitment levels um maybe some some guys i couldn't get on in a previous show that you know i've given my word to this one so really as crazy as it sounds you know with so many fighters to manage that's the part i really love um is putting that puzzle together then it's maintaining that puzzle (laughs) (laughs) yes it, it looks beautiful and and then we start putting in all the legwork to promote them correctly, present them correctly at the show, build all the graphics, all that behind-the-scenes stuff. So then when things do change, it's not just filling a fight. It's filling a fight and then probably 15 things that follow to update the puzzle that was already done, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and honestly, I mean, I'm not speaking for you, but it sounds like it's a, it's a good problem to have because obviously your worst nightmare is scrambling to get fighters to want to participate and, you know, having worked with you guys so much, you know, seeing the growth of, prom- of the promotion, it just kind of, it's it's indicative of the growth and the success that you have hundreds of fighters now. Like, whoa, now I almost have too many to pick from. But, again, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And it keeps, uh, it keeps like, pushing me to do the multi-night events, you know, because if we have so much talent, then really one night isn't even close to enough. It's gotten Serious. to the point where... You know, two nights isn't even enough, but there is this business side of things that we have to be careful on that end. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, we never did two night events outside of March ever uh, until, you know, the COVID thing hit. And with the popularity and I guess all of the timing, it just seems silly to ever try to do one night again. <laughs> and that's that's most people's starting point. They just kind of stay there. Whereas you and that's, I've, I've just always had so much respect for you, your love for the game, your respect for the fighters. And even, like I said, during COVID, man, you were just killing the game, just knocking out, again, two nights and then the, being the first ever promotion to do three nights. So hat is off to you, man, for your commitment. But, you know, obviously, like you said, this is going to be the last card for, for the year, for 2022. Um, you got a lot of a lot of fighters returning. Obviously, UFC veterans, Bellator veterans, LFA veterans. Uh, 
Um, you got a lot of debuts kicking off this time. Tell us uh, who who should we be? I mean, obviously, no no slight on anybody, but uh, what are some highlights and what are some fights you think we should all be keeping our eye out for this weekend or next weekend? Man, it's really it's really hard not to start with uh, this main event. Um, there's there's so much uh, I mean, there's so much behind this matchup. There's so much behind uh, the story. Uh, so I guess I'll start with kind of our veteran uh, cage aggression vet Austin Hubbard. Uh, he's been with us a really, really long time. He was one of our amateur champions way back in the day. I uh, moved over to the pro side, became a professional champion. And then he did what I feel, if you want to make it, you need to do. And, and he left home, and he moved out to Colorado uh, to one of the best gyms in the world and starts training with, you know, the right team to get him to the UFC. And and that's what happened. He He actually made it. Uh, he was a seven-time UFC vet. Uh, he won four of those, lost three of them, and the UFC cut him. So, Iridium Sports Management. So he's with he's in great hands with the right management company, and they're telling him, you know, a couple finishes, a couple impressive finishes, and we'll get him right back in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So uh, he takes his first fight out of the UFC versus Julian Lane, and unfortunately, that was uh, mainly just a ground fight. It ended up in a decision, which, as you know, the UFC is looking get back in there especially they're looking for finishes they're looking for that kind of electric finish so um you know here we go we start talking about him coming home uh it's been years now so i know the fans in the sterling area rock falls would would love to show up for him austin is eventually going to be moving back home um but first things first i mean he is a true fighter uh a veteran and so you know this is a fight to I guess maybe get everybody back together, um, lift some spirits, and then and then it's back to business. But as you'll attest to, man, um, business is business, and there are no easy fights with caged aggression. No. And Austin doesn't want an easy fight, man, and, and that's not what's going to get him back into the UFC. Right. So we had to find somebody that that was legitimate and that was, I guess in a way, looking to make a name off of a UFC veteran. Um, so we got a hold of a gentleman by the name of Keegan Agnew, who fought for us last March. And, uh, he is a six and oh, five and oh, uh, undefeated professional prospect. He, he has probably some of the slickest unorthodox jits I've ever seen. Um, extremely confident, extremely underrated, and he just hasn't really, you know, before Cage Aggression, he fought in shows that didn't have a lot of uh, presentation or, or didn't have a lot of uh, maybe notoriety to get his name out there. Um, even though he's fighting tough competition in those shows, he's not really getting seen, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. So here we go. We find a guy that is, you know, off the walls, excited to be able to fight a guy like Austin. And, uh, you know, the way he's been promoting it himself is – you know, you guys will know me after this fight. <laughs> I'm going to be a seven-time UFC vet, and then I'm going to be the one to take his spot. So it's, man, it's, 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 it's weird because, you know, I got a lot of love for Austin and his family, and I'm trying to keep the business side and the emotional side separate because sure. there's one thing that can deflate that venue on Friday night is Austin losing, but at the same time, man, Cage Aggression was built and has become what it has to help fighters advance to the next level and if we can help if, if, if keegan goes in there and beats a veteran like austin then by all means he deserves that hype he deserves that that win and 
and he deserves to get a call from a bigger stage based on who he's beat. Sure. Well, and it's always good. I mean, it's you're always, you know, I, I've said this many times, you're always so good at matchmaking, and it's, you know, there's always, it just adds more value to it when you have, you know, like the human story behind it, like layers to it, you know what I mean? It just, it, it, just, Absolutely. it just makes it that much more enriching of a story and something to watch. Um, obviously, you got other, you know, Dominic the Heat Martin, I think he's the co-main either Friday or Saturday night, looking forward to him. He had a very impressive victory. Um, I think it was last March, I think it was, where, his opponent like slammed him three times in a row and then Dominic had the wherewithal to slip in a heel hook just like out of the blue. It was a very impressive victory. Looking forward to uh looking forward to that fight. Looking forward to Thomas Blackerby, young man with just amazing, amazing Muay Thai skills and just growing every day. A lot of talent on the card, man. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you bring up Dominic in a backstory because very similar. Um I've been eyeing uh Dominic Martin versus Cameron Jordan out of Nebraska ever since they were both amateurs. And um this is one of those fights where it's almost like they're looking in a mirror. Uh, hmm. they, they, they near each other's style, size. I mean, it, it truly is like them fighting each other, and the reason the fights never materialize is because neither one of them were really ready for that test. I mean, who wants to fight themselves, especially if they're hmm. confident in their own skills? Right. So, you know, here we go. Fast forward years now that I've been watching these guys – and, and, and wanting to, to see this fight line up, the timing's perfect. As a matter of fact, that those three slams versus Sinjin Ruby, uh, that was Dominic's last win. That's also Cameron Jordan's last win is Sinjin Ruby. So, again, wow. with the backstory and history. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really great fight because, you know, these guys are still young in their professional careers, and this is a real test to show both of them where they're currently at right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those fights where it really is a win-win for both because, you know, the guy that doesn't get his hand raised at night, he's going to he's gonna know, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I've got to do to continue to move forward. Yeah, without a doubt. And Dominic, and I know before that, prior to that last fight, that whole year leading up to it, he was had his own kind of health issues and just a lot of his own personal stuff. But, again, it's, it's the commitment. It just speaks to the commitment of, like, so many of these fighters, their dedication to their craft, to the sport, where, you know, I remember, not to bounce around too much, but I remember Lee Colvin. Lee Colvin's mom passed away, I think, the week of the fight. Yeah. He still stepped in there and fought. So these guys, there's absolutely no punk in their DNA, and they go in there to scrap and put on an incredible show. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, Friday, October 14th, Saturday, October 15th will be no exception because these guys are, are really just super, super talented. And, again, Mike throws on nothing but incredible, incredible matchups. Um, so I can't keep you too long because I know you got daddy duty stuff, but um, obviously we have the 13th and 14th going down. That's the last card of fight for the year. But uh, do we have another three-night event coming up in the spring? Yeah, before I get to that, let me ask you a question. Sure. Let me, let me turn, the, turn the table <laughs> here. So what I've been noticing a lot um, this year uh, and, and talking to people is uh, a lot of comments, uh, you know, posted on social media, and I, and I get messages and, and people say to me, you really need to do more shows, man. Why don't you do more shows? So I'm going to ask you, uh, and, and here's my, my thought process, which kind of gets blurred into the promotional side of things. But right now, I mean, this year, I'm doing five shows. Uh, I'm just doing them in the form of two multi-night big events. Right. So – to me, I could do five separate nights and, and, and kind of space them out throughout the year, but that's kind of reinventing the wheel, rebranding, restarting over five separate times, and then also battling the times of the year. You know, 
uh, business time trying to do shows in summer when people are busy or in the dead of winter when nobody wants to get out. You know, the way we do it is so big and so expensive that, one, it really does take more than one night to pay for the event the way we want to do it. But more importantly, like, it it has to make sense. And, And the way we do it requires a full venue, not only for the financial side, but the energy in that building is so electric when it's full. I don't want to have smaller shows that are that are half the capacity because we tried to force them in the middle of winter. Agreed. So asking you as a fan, been a part of the you know what we do, um, don't you prefer the the bigger multi night events as opposed to five single nights? Or, I, or what do you think? I do because like what you almost alluded to. I mean, you you want more bang for your buck. So if it takes less shows a year, I mean, also not only from the standpoint of like packing the house and not not having too small of a house or too small of a crowd. It's from the fiscal standpoint. If it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. You know, as as much as cage aggression is, in my opinion, I've told you this the moment you got your first global pay per view, cage aggression became a global promotion. But it's not the UFC. The pockets aren't as deep. Me personally, sure. I would like you. I would like you know. For me, less is more. Don't spread yourself too thin. You do such a great job. You know, spacing them out the way you do. I mean, of course, I'd love to see more, but it's just is it is it something that's feasible or sustainable for multitudes of reasons, like you mentioned. But I, I think the way you're doing it is um, like less is more. And then when you knock out, you know, when you you don't do one night events anymore, you do two night events and three night events. So I think you know as much as I think we would love to see more. I think you know better than anybody else about spreading yourself too thin. You know, between the roster and the timing of everything, you know, like you said, the times of the year and this and that. I think you're doing it. Like I said, if it ain't broke, don't break it. And uh, I think yeah. you're, I think you're doing a very good job with with the, how you're spacing them out right now. Yeah, I mean, I will say that 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 typically the comments I or the people that say that or or maybe the fighters that didn't get on the show, <laughs> so they're like, man, you really need you really need to do more shows, bro. Like so. Well, and again, uh, no, it, as it as your as the promotion continues to grow and you do have way more fighters knocking at your door, you still, from a financial standpoint, have to be able to sustain doing more shows. But I mean, it sounds like even doing you know less shows, you still you still got the talent. You can still put the fights together. You're not scraping the bottom of the barrel to put together your fights. And I think you know, you know, how could they? How can people miss you unless you go away for a little bit? And I, it's. It's one thing to kind of go away for too long because then it becomes out of sight, out of mind. But I think you you ride that you ride that wave well enough where you never you're never gone for too long. And like you said, like summer, I know UFC puts on events in the summer, but again, it's the UFC. Most people, like you said last summer, it's like people are doing stuff. They're out and about. They're granted they might be home at nine ten o'clock to watch a fight or whatever. But it's you know summer's a little bit different than the downtime of spring and winter when you know people are at home. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, man. I, uh, I I think it's a it's a good setup. So to tie into what you had asked about March, so initially when we did that, uh, it it really was mainly because of the amount of interest. And you know, I'm always trying to go bigger somehow than the one before. And it was like, man, this might kill me, but but if there's so many fighters that want to be a part of it, let's do a three night event. Let's do the first ever. I researched and I could not find anywhere ever a three-night MMA event that was done at the highest levels all the way down to the lowest and I, and I just couldn't so I was like you know what that'd be cool to um, you know have a little piece of history in this thing you know before I someday I'm not doing it anymore and then uh, we got through the whirlwind and I'll be honest with you man I was utterly exhausted Sunday night from teardown but I missed it I, I, <laughs> I missed it already I had already missed like 
like we were way in show way in show way in show three after parties i mean it was all these teams <laughs> it was just awesome man so here and i truly thought i was going to do just one of those so then we we get to the next march and i'm like you know why not we got we have the talent we know what we're doing let's let's do it so but this was the first time we did it with um uh no covid restrictions and you know and a lot of other stuff going on so yeah. i'm like maybe maybe, maybe it worked cuz there wasn't much going on but now everything's going on so is it going to work and then you know, if you look at the pictures, Thursday night, just as packed as Friday, Friday, just as packed as Saturday. And, you know, the fans really showed up. And a lot of things that I had heard, which I wasn't expecting, was um, Thursday night show, a lot of people were saying, uh, I finally get to go to a show because yes. Friday, Saturday is maybe their bread and butter at work or their money makers. So they can't ever take a Friday, Saturday off. And they're like, I finally get to go. So fast forward to next march already ahead of the game i get a hold of the venue and i i put in for a four-nighter bro i put in for a thursday friday saturday sunday fuck it let's do it and i was you know why why not right i mean why not and unfortunately they did not have sunday available they only had wednesday and as you know i i guess I'm not afraid of risks. I think I've proven that. Yes. I'm not trying to do a Wednesday night, man. I'm not, not March, not, not, uh, you know, but everybody's back to work and scheduling and it, it would just, it would be very, very, very tough to pull off a Wednesday. Um, so we just locked in another three nighter and it's funny because I go, so unfortunately, we just have another three nighter. <laughs> you know how crazy just is another three nighter. Say it out loud, man. Yes. Well, and again, man, fortune favors the bold, and you are definitely that. And you know, kudos to you. I'm the same. You know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. The worst they could say is no, and you're back to like you said, a boring ass three night event. <laughs> Only three. three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no- could you imagine now if I put out a one night? I mean, could you imagine the comments? Only one. Seriously though, I mean it's almost it's almost like you can't go back. It's, yeah. I mean, unless it's I don't know, unless it's like something just ridiculously special, and I don't know, you got Militich coming out of retirement or some shit. I mean, but it's like it would be to, to go back to one night is is absolutely crazy. And it's you know success leaves clues, and you guys, you know, from your first show, however many, I mean, ten plus if not longer years ago, you know, Mindprint Productions, Justin Holstein, Paul Martinez. I mean, what the job they do with the production and the trailers. I'm gonna add the link to the trailer in the description of this video. Just next level, dude. It just gets you so hyped and gives you goosebumps. Just and I, I love trailers. I love movie trailers. I love promo trailers for this kind of stuff. And it just lets you know, man, the talent that's in there. Not only just in the cage, man, behind the scenes, the and. And I always thank you guys, man, just the huge amount of work that goes into whether one night, two nights, or three nights. People don't ever see how the sausage is made. And it's a very elaborate, very tedious, very complex process. And those guys put in, and you as well, put in an incredible amount of work, and it shows on fight nights. Fight nights, plural. So, um, yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, just the whole crew, man. And, you know, the works is just work is just getting started because I know you guys have to get in there and set up and break down, et cetera. But uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, October 14th, Friday, October 14th, Saturday, October 15th. If you can't make it, cagedaggression.tv. And then uh, this will be the last card for the year. But then, like he said, in March, they're going to do it again three nights. Can't believe it. But it's what I've come to expect from you, brother. Uh, any other <laughs> final word for our guests and uh, people's out here? 
Oh man, not that I can really think of, you know, uh, you know, one, one thing that really stands out with these multi-night events, or I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily call it a challenge. It's also fun, but is, uh, I do my best to try to make it super hard for you to pick which night to come to. <laughs> if you can only come to one, if you can only watch one. So I always want to stress that because of that, um, I split the talent up in what I feel both nights you get your money's worth tenfold. Um, but we always have a discount when you come both nights. You know, if you show your Friday ticket at the door Saturday, you get a discount. If you buy both nights of the pay-per-view, it's cheaper than buying it single night. So um, I want to make it hard for you to pick both nights so that you want to come both nights so that you can watch both nights. But we also want to give you a deal for coming both nights because we appreciate that support. Yeah, that's what's up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it's, as someone who's partake, partaken in calling the scraps, I mean, it's hard to pick like which night was better than the other. Each one, I mean, like I said, the, I hate, hate to keep saying it, but it's so true. The matchups are absolutely next level. There are no, you know, no smokers, no tomato cans, no like Mike matches these guys up very, very evenly in the scraps. I mean, just look at the highlights. Go to Cage Aggression's YouTube page. You can see some of the highlights, some of the knockouts. Some of them have made national news, Business Insider, when uh, I think it was Juan Roman uh, knocked out Michael Ship. And my broadcast partner at the time, Jens Pulver, gives a holy shit because it was that next level. I mean, we, we've seen so many different – that let me just knock, knock out submissions. I mean, you name it, dude. This is what we come to expect from Cage Aggression. So I expect October 14th and October 15th to be no different. Brother, I really appreciate you taking the time because I know as the closer it gets to the fights, you have your hands very, very full. So I appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you too, man, taking the time out and just to chat. That's uh, it's going to be another great one. I was always down to support you, my man. And obviously, you got some UFC Hall of Famers calling the scraps. Pat Militich uh, going to be in there calling up with the old Jason Burmis. Looking forward to it, man. Cageaggression.tv if you can't make it to the quad. My good one, I appreciate you, brother. Continued success. And uh, looking forward to the scraps October 14th and uh, October 15th. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Absolutely. Peace and so much love, guys. Take care of yourselves. Respect.